You're a wizard, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. I'm Dan, and today we are back to our normal one chapter in this episode. It's a big one, though. Uh, chapter four, Keeper, the Keeper of the Keys. Um, big chapter, a lot of fun. I think we both agree. I have Anna back here again. Hello! Yes, um... Love talking. If you didn't listen to our chapter two and chapter three, uh, it, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Um, so, yeah, love having her on here. So hopefully she'll be on many more times after this. I but you know it. Um, yeah, so we're talking the Keeper of the Keys. We both agree, I think, that around chapter three, chapter four, it starts to pick up a little bit. Uh, a lot of things happening. So we're just going to get right into it with the non-spoilers. So, um... Yeah, where do you want to start? You look a lot like your dad, but you've got Tremont's eyes. I didn't sound like Hagrid at all, I'm sorry. No, you're going to need a little bit more bass for that yeah, one. That's not really something But I I'm do. not going to do the accent nearly oh, as well as yeah, you. So. But, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> we're skipping <laughs> over that quote. The quote is really important. <laughs> that Anna that's just why I started with it. Yes, uh, it's a very important quote. Um... To unhagridize the quote, <laughs> you look like your dad, um, but you have your mom's eyes. Um, it's really the first time that's ever brought up because yeah. obviously um, Vernon and Petunia don't care. They probably <laughs> never even talked to Harry about his no. parents, so yeah. Um, uh, actually, they probably actively avoided the subject yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but now Harry's spending some time with Hagrid after the wonderful event of the, I don't even know what you call it, shack on rock? <laughs> rock shack? I like to think of it as a hut on the rock. Hut but on the it's rock. definitely also a shack, so yeah. Fair enough. Um, which that scene, so just the rudimentary, like, education that Hagrid is providing, um, which, oh. Gosh, we'll get into this later, but uh, Hagrid, maybe not the best teacher of things. Which he even admits in the chapter. He even says, like, I'm probably not the best person to tell you this, right. but somebody's got to. Right, which is a very mature and adult yeah. thing for him to realize, which, yeah. this is a lot of deep stuff. Like, this is something yeah. that maybe Dumbledore should take, you know, some time to, to discuss, <laughs> or... Know. Or someone that knows his parents maybe more closely um, than Hagrid, who's been gone for 11 years and is just like, no one's told you. Which is why he's so upset at the Dursleys, right. because it's like, so. really, it's the Dursleys yeah. who should have told him all of this. And the car crash is absurd. Oh, the car crash. Um, I mean, how, how does Harry not, you know, how does he take it in so well? Like, he's 11 years old, and in this moment, a stranger is telling him... Everything he thought he knew about his life and his parents' death is wrong, is a lie. Mm -hmm. His parents didn't die in an accident. They were literally 
murdered. I think he takes it so well just because he literally wakes up the next morning thinking, well, that was good. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, that Very didn't true. happen. <laughs> like, of course that didn't happen. Um, which I think anybody would have that same reaction of like, well, that couldn't have possibly happened. Um, but yeah, it's, God, it's just a wonderful scene. Like, there's so much in just this one little aspect of this one chapter. That's true. That's fully loaded with depth and emotion that you might not pick up on your first read. So, again, this is the non-spoiler thing. So if you're reading this for the first time, really does a really good job of encapsulating what Hagrid is to the series, to yes. Dumbledore, and to not only Harry, but the Potter family. Yes. Um, you get to know that he was close with Harry's parents. Maybe not, like, best buds forever, but still close. About that, yeah. yeah. Um, and you see that kind of loyalty, love that he has for everything, like Hogwarts and Dumbledore and Harry and how much and he's how invested. how deep he feels those things. I mean, like, the eruption that is Hagrid when he just goes off on Vernon Dursley he just, he feels things so deeply. Which time? Well, right, he, he exactly. He's off a couple of times for a yes. couple of different reasons, and it's wonderful, and you just, I mean, reading it the first time, I probably felt like, wow, this is an intimidating character. And rereading it, I'm probably like, uh, a deep sense of love and affection yes. for the character, you yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just this sense of... Yeah, Hagrid, you, you put your foot down, you tell them what the deal really is. Well, I think it also really instills in you when you're reading it for the first time the importance and probably how wonderful a people Albus Dumbledore and James and Lily Potter all were. That these three people who you, two you don't know at all and one you barely know from the first chapter created this amount of emotion in this giant of a man yeah it and i i gotta say this is the only time i'm ever gonna say this so take that for what it's worth but uh props to vernon for having the Ugh. guts to even stand up to hagrid because i, know, I don't want to give him credit but man, give credit where credit is due i get he's still you know a little bit off his rocker from the letter experience in the last chapter and he had a gun which a muggle would think is a big deal. Right. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I, but, but again, <laughs> with, with Vernon, it's like, okay, at what point do the letters get to a point? At what point are you like, there is a massive, massive dude... Stand down, Vernon. Stand that just down. knocked down the door. What are you doing? Like, you might want to just tone down a notch. You know, be less aggressive. But, um, you know, that's Vernon. So, um, uh, yeah, so, um, Hagrid in, in that shack, or hut, hut shack, shack hut, <laughs> is, um, such a, a wonderful character, even though he's angry and threatening and borderline violent. It's like hurting me to hear you describe him that way because yeah. this scene makes me love him so much. But yes, all of those adjectives are <laughs> they, they accurate. Yeah. They're accurate. 
Uh, by the way, how we talked about Hogwarts just in general with their letters being savage. Like, literally in this chapter, they're like, spot on floor, floor of <laughs> hot hut in C, or whatever the letter is. And I'm like, savage. Hagrid goes up ten notches. He yeah. literally is calling Dudley fat. He literally <laughs> like, puts a pig's tail on Dudley. And then, not only does that, he's like, well, I guess the magic didn't work because he was already so pig-like. And I'm like, Hagrid! Whoa! Uh, <laughs> like, you're coming with straight fire here. Like, <laughs> my goodness. And also, let's talk about how Harry is, like, not at all scared of him, despite all this savagery True. that Hagrid is bringing. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, yeah. He, Harry loves the pigtail on, on well, Dudley, because yeah. that's how just magic. And yeah. It's amazing. And the, the pink umbrella really sets the whole thing oh, off. I know, it's so great. It's beautiful. Uh, um, no, it's a, it's a great scene to start off the chapter, and it's, um, it just gets the whole ball rolling with the rest of it. Um, but going back to the quote, we never really spent time on the quote. That's true, which, again, is very important. It's an important quote because it's the first time someone's really acknowledging what his parents looked like, and Hager's the first one to tell him anything. Uh, And does uh, Harry even know what his parents look like? Probably not. Harry doesn't like literally this chapter half the chapter is Hagrid telling Harry about wizarding stuff that's yeah. not like to hit like there's a spot the next morning where the owl comes in to deliver the paper and is just clawing at this dude's jacket which is the best jacket ever well it reminds me of one of our friend's vests that he used to have when he pull out <laughs> objects out of it see I always thought of it as me carpet bag, but now that's such a better comparison. He just pockets everywhere and he's pulling out random things from it. Granted, our friend didn't pull out a teapot from one of the pockets. I wish he had. Or an owl that is a living owl out of the pocket. Yeah, that might have freaked me out a bit. Um, But yes, that's what I thought of doing this outline um, that I knew I wouldn't like. So, uh, and now you'll have that image (laughs) in your head next time you do this reread. So happy. So, uh, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, the owl clawing at him, and he's like, we'll pay it. And Harry's like, what? what? Like, with what are you talking about? Oh, with the nuts. Like, what What's What? Is, what, the heck, what the heck is that? You know? And it's, uh, it's like, oh, just use five of the bronze ones or whatever. It's like, okay. It's impactful. It's literally a child hearing about his parents in detail for the first time, which is... Um, that's a lot to take in. Um, and if you're rereading it, you know just how emotional this scene yes. is. Um, if you're reading it for the first time, or if you're rereading it, great story I have of an example of how this scene could stick with a fan. Is So we talked, Dan and I talked on the last episode about how we went to high school together. And a guy we both knew in high school... His name is Dan. I don't know that I've ever told you the story. Um, but after we all graduated and went across to college, Dan was enjoying, let's say, butterbeer for the first time in um, his college life and was walking across campus with a group of friends. And the way the story was told to me was that he had a friend who was talking, telling them about how his parents had died in a car crash. And our friend Dan, in his butterbeer state, 
screamed, grabbed his friend by the shoulder, and screams at him, No! Voldemort killed your parents! And that is how much this scene will stick with a true fan. You don't accept that your your friend's parents died in a car crash. That is so, so true. Oh my goodness. I could literally picture this happening. I know, right? It's oh, one of my favorite. My yeah. Wow, we've got a lot of friend references in this oh, chapter. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, we know a lot of nerds. <laughs> Probably because we are Proud. there. Um, so, uh, before we get to a break and some spoilers, um, we've talked about it a lot early on uh, about the Dursley parenting skills. but Ooh. And it's been like by example or like subtleties or just comments they made that are like, wow, that's kind of uh, endangering children. Um, This chapter, Vernon in the state that he's in, which is... We've again talked about. Yeah, it is kind of... Special. Yeah, it's... It's it's a vibe. Um, (laughs) It's a vibe. Um, But anyway, he blatantly says that maybe we should have hit it out of you or we should have tried to smack it out of you. I forget the verb that he uses, but literally... I think he might even actually say beat. Maybe he used that verb, but it's just like, wow, he's literally saying he should have beat a young child. Um, And then he doubles down and saying, well, not knowing anything about the context or anything about the heroes that they were... But that the Potters deserved what they got, which, uh, rightly so, uh, gets Hagrid very upset. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and and right there, I think, is where you see that Vernon just you know beyond being in in the state that he's in is is just not great human being. Well, he's already (laughs) laid the groundwork. You know, there's the cupboard. But there's also, he, you know, encouraged Dudley to hit Harry with the smelting stick. Yeah. He actually smacked his own son when they were getting in the car to go on his, you know, mental, not great journey to find some where the letters wouldn't find them. He smacks Dudley in the back of the head when Dudley tries to pack his computer games. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's set the stage that he is a violent person and he's created a violent son. But yeah, I definitely, this is the epitome. He no. just lets it all out there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I might be, I might be misremembering this. So, and so please set me right if I'm speaking out of turn here, but, uh, what you do, you very much do. Um, but if I remember correctly, J.K. Rowling didn't have a great childhood herself. I don't know if it was a, to that level or extent, but it wasn't great. No, it was not great. And I have to admit, I don't remember a lot of details about her childhood. She definitely did not have a great first marriage. I remember a lot more uh, about that's that. True, yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, no, but I think you might be right about the childhood, too. There's a lot so, of darkness in her past. So maybe that is part of where some of this comes from yeah or, or at least the she also worked um i want to say it, it's i'm i don't remember the exact charity at this point 
but she worked for a nonprofit that specifically worked with abused children mm. before she started writing this book. So I know she pulled a lot from that experience as well. So she's she's pulling from a lot of there experience. You go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can get into it in a spoiler or later in the chapters or other books, but, you know, it's a setup to other characters too and what impacts they have yes. on Harry in a more positive light. Um, and why, and I, I think she does a good job of laying the groundwork here of what Harry has gone through and what he's endured so that those payoffs when they come later on, um, are more vivid. Yeah, absolutely. Like you get a comparison of what good parenting is and maybe what bad parenting is. And you have a very clear line that, that you can, that you can see, um, but unless you have anything else, um, I think now would be the time to take a break. Agreed. And head to the spoiler section, which I'm sure is going to be loaded. Um, <laughs> I do have, uh, this is a teaser for the spoiler section, I get to quiz Ooh. Anna. So, uh, yeah. I'm ready. Throwing get a curveball at her today. So, uh, please come back for that. Alright, so we are back with our spoiler section for Chapter 4, The Keeper of the Keys. And once again, I will say, if you haven't read past Chapter 4, now is the time to join us next week when we talk about Chapter 5. But also make sure you read it. Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, but right now we'll get into the spoilers. Um, and you want to get us started? Hagrid's quote about how Harry looks like his dad has his mom's eyes and we kept saying how important it was but we never actually addressed why it's important which is probably better that we do it in the spoiler section anyway so i mean personally i would probably start with talking about why it's important he looks like james but so i'm just gonna lie. cut in right now <laughs> and just say anna's playing this very slow and very <laughs> cool but Am she I? is a massive james potter fan <sighs> So he's now that I've spoiled just, you, he's my favorite character, and nobody understands it but me. I, I think people might have missed that. You said what now? He's my favorite character, James Potter. James Potter, who you know is already dead when the series <laughs> starts. He's my favorite. Harsh but true. Yes. I know. <laughs> I don't. He's just you know. I don't know why. I'm sure a lot of people would give me grief about it. Bring it on if you want to. You know, bring it up in Twitter. But he is my favorite character. That, that sounds like a good poll. Of the characters mentioned so far, who's your favorite? I just said James Potter. I know, but I'm... I'm no, I know. To the uh, people listening. To the people listening. the people, other than James, of the characters we've talked about so far, that's what you're asking, mm -hmm. right? Hmm. I would probably actually have to say... Diggle. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's so high up there, but I'd probably choose Minnie. And when I say Minnie, I'm referring to Minerva McGonagall. Ah, because, okay. yes, we are close enough that I call her Minnie. Got you. Okay. And a personal uh, BFFs with uh, McGonagall. That's right. That's... What about you? Um, Hagrid. All right, I see. I, I thought you were Hagrid's my that. dude. Um, He's wonderful. There's just a lot I love about him. There's like a strong innocence. 
That's so him in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's everything you'd want in a brawler and a fighter, <laughs> and and then he's got this. Uh, and not a negative way. I don't mean this in a negative way, but oh, gosh, like a no. childlike innocence where he's genuinely so happy and so moved for the simple things in life. Yeah. Like, like which is a great thing. And, um, you know, some people misjudge Hagrid, both in the book and people reading the book, might <laughs> misjudge Hagrid for being, you know, um, childlike in a negative way. Um, and not competent or whatever. McGonagall almost does that McGonagall? in that first chapter. Absolutely. Do we trust him? Yes, we do. And, you know, Dumbledore sees a diamond in the rough, finds this quality of Hagrid that he knows is special. Um, and Hagrid proves it to us time and time again. And he's, I think he's one of the more underrated characters. I would disagree. I think there's a lot of love for Hagrid out in the world. It, from J.K. herself. Well, um, I mean, she, yeah. Well, of course, but I just, I mean, she created all those characters, yet she has specific love for Ruby is Hagrid. And um, I think there's a lot of love for him out there. But I would agree he's underrated, probably because a lot of times his, the childlike innocence we've talked about and how wonderful that is in him can kind of come across as maybe he's kind of, not the brightest, uh. incompetent, yeah. But um, it's also just such a wonderful part of who he is. It's a flaw in some situations, and it's an incredible asset in other situations. Um, you also realize we still haven't talked about why his quote about Lillian James <laughs> is so important. Take it away, Anna. We'll, we'll hit that poll up on the Harry Potter Twitter. It's at Hogwarts a pod. Uh, check out that poll. I will have it up very, very soon. Yes. Now, the floor is yours, Miss Mrs. James Potter, who's not named Rose. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, despite my love of James, the more important part of that quote is Harry's eyes. You know, it plays a huge part in the future books to do with Snivellus. And yes, I will refer to him as Snivellus. He's Hot gotten take. so much love since the seventh book that I do not think he oh, deserves. Oh, Anna, that's a whole conversation. That's but I know. We'll get mercy, there. that's a conversation. Obviously. But I'm just saying I'm going to refer to him by James's name for him. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Harry's eyes are, like huge deal for a character who ends up being one of the most important in the entire series. And I, it possibly makes all the difference. Quote shows up again and again. In, in to the, the point that Harry gets sick of it. Yeah. Which is shocking. That's the point. You, you gotta be your own person and not, you know, not your parents. Yeah. But, which is another thing that he experiences throughout his life. Yes. Um, series yeah, yeah. Um, but this quote shows up time and time again in the books and in the movies, uh, you know, because it it does define him on some level. And yeah. honestly, his parents were taking away much too soon, yes, from him, but from a lot of the adults in his life who were very close friends of them who see their friends in him yeah. and want to make him that. Yeah. Whether that's fair to Harry or not, uh, whether that's beneficial to Harry or not. 
Well, it's beneficial to those people or it not. It certainly is. Uh, we are really getting into the psychology of Harry Potter in the first several chapters. We're in Love book it. one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long way to go, and we're getting deep. Um, but no, you're right. It's it's a very important quote that really sets... And it comes from a wide range of characters. It's, yes. not, it's not Hagrid All saying over this over place. and over again. It's a wide range of characters who have a wide range of emotions based on... His appearance, yeah. which, you know, I mean, forget the scar. <laughs> like, right. we're not even talking God, about the scar. We've never even talked about the scar yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. Um, and you know, people get that, and it's just like overwhelming attention. Um, and his parents are famous. Um, both were famous in their own right before, before Voldemort this. killed yes. them. They were very powerful, which is they were very popular in their own right. Um, both at Hogwarts and in their very short careers after, because they died so incredibly young, which I think people lose track. Like, I lost track of how old Vernon was, because, like, it doesn't make sense mentally. I also just put that in comparison to James and Lily, because it is very much in the forefront of my mind what the movies did to James. He was 20... They were 21 when they died, guys. Like, keep that in mind. 21. Yeah. That's, we're, we're more than 10 years older than they were when they died. Shh, I know. It's not advertised that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but instead, yes, you're right. in the movie, they made James a balding middle-aged man. That they did. I thought that... I'll stop my James right now. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, I thought the movies as a whole were casted pretty well. Agreed. Um... Like, to, to the point where if they ever rebooted it, which it will be rebooted at some point in our lifetimes, <laughs> because that's how Hollywood works. But um, it's to the point where some of these characters, I can't see the, another actor playing that role. Very that's funny. how well it was casted. Yes. Hermione. Um, Hermione would be one. McGonagall is one. Oh, for sure. Uh, Bellatrix is one. Yes. There's several. Mm-hmm. Um there's also some big characters that probably could be recasted and be just fine. Um, I'm a big fan. Look, I love Alan Rickman uh, in anything he does. And I thought he, for such a iconically, first of all, all these actors are iconically great. Like Mm. they're all wonderful British talent. Rickman specifically playing Snape um, is such a interesting character. Um, And he does it so well that, that monotone drawl of a voice and the pacing and the... T- it's wonderful. And one of my favorite Rickman Snape stories is... So, we're in the spoiler section, right? We are, yes. Okay. So, J.K. told Alan Rickman years and years and years before, like, mm, when they yes. were filming the first movie, J.K. told Rickman that Snape was in love with Lily. So, again, that's why the color of Harry's eyes is so important. Um, big spoiler. That was a big one. That was a, that was a, that was a massive spoiler. And yes. so Rickman used to love to walk around set and be like, I can't do that. I know something you don't. That's not how Snape <laughs> would react. Like, how? Like who only Alan Rickman could do that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, there's, there's some that, are just such great casting. Um, the James, going back to James Potter. James Potter is probably one of the ones that I'm just like, why? Like, that was a, such a out of left field, considering the age, 
And J.K. had her fingers all over the casting. She did. They offered her the chance to play Lily. Did they really? They did, and she turned it down. So maybe that's where the casting from James came. Maybe they tried to find someone that was closer to J.K.'s age. I don't know. Um, Or they just made him look more like a quote-unquote fatherly figure. You know what I mean? Um, It it almost takes away from James and Lily's sacrifice. Like, the war that they were fighting at the age that they were fighting and that they still had the bravery to start a family amidst that fight. I I don't think very many people would do that, but... Yeah. I I mean, you're at a period of time where families were getting destroyed. Uh, Like, literally. Like, whole family lines were wiped out. Uh, which we'll talk about here in a second, but, um, it's, yeah, it was a very dangerous and odd, and they, again, being, particularly for them, being so young, um, they were in the thick of it, uh, on the front lines, um, you know, doing a lot of important work, uh, for the order at that time. So their, their story is fascinating, really. Yeah. Um, and we can get deeper into it when more of their story is told, exactly. both you know, uh, past and present, because they do appear in some forms or fashions <sighs> at a later point. Stop! I'm gonna cry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, unless you have anything else on James Potter, that's okay. My love for him will live on. Okay, um, so I mentioned, like, during that war, which was the first Wizarding War, um, at least with Voldemort concerned, I'm sure there were wars that involved wizards, uh, Professor Bins can <laughs> go over that later, but, yes, that's right, I know the history of Magic Teacher. Um, our families were wiped off. Yeah. Um, entire family Blood lines. Blood gone. Um, Voldemort really did not... Um, he, he went for it. Oh, I, I absolutely. Mean, he, you stand anybody, against him, you were done for. Anybody that posed a threat um, was was wiped out, and if he needed doing it himself, he had no qualms about doing it himself. I think he probably took joy out of doing it himself. He took a particular pride in it, because it's like, oh, if you're that good, if you are that much of a threat, I bet I could beat you. Yeah. I bet I could take you. And, and and he was 99.9 times he was exactly right um and and he himself knocked off some really prodigiously talented witches and wizards um witches and wizards close to characters we will grow to care about that you wouldn't even know you know what i mean yeah pruitts the the pruitts uh are probably the closest um then the so, in, in this chapter, they mention the McKinnons, uh, the Bones family, and the Pruitts. And, you know, the McKinnons, uh, we don't know a lot about. Why? Because they were wiped. Um, they were completely eliminated from the equation. Um, which is incredibly sad. And, um, you know, this is a spoiler section. So, we get a story later about how one of the McKinnons, Marlene... Uh, was killed moments after a group picture of the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Um, so you get that sense, too, which I'm sure we will bring up again when we get to Order of the Phoenix. But um, 
that's really the, all you get of the McKinnons. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Probably also partly because the people who probably knew the McKinnons were also wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. So other other than the left. members of the order that survived, which live on to tell those stories. Yeah. Um, and they were phenomenally talented. Um, and they're right. Um, but that's one wizarding family that was crossed off. The Bones family was a little bit more lucky in that not the entire line was eliminated. Um, the more aggressive versions that were out and about at that time were. Yes. Um, the ones that were kind of doing the most damage for the order were eliminated. Um, but then you have... Actually, since we're in the spoiler section, more Bones are eliminated Almost by all Voldemort of them. himself. Uh, I think there's only one left. Remaining after this story, after this series. Well, we never really find out much about Susan's parents. I think they were killed. I'm pretty sure. I think the only one mentioned specifically is her auntie. Maybe. Well, Amelia Bones. If anyone knows for sure, let us know. Hit us up. Um, Amelia Bones survives the original attack in the first uh, Wizarding War. Goes on to become... A, High up in the ministry. A wonderfully important and talented witch in her own right. Uh, becomes very well connected in the ministry, uh, per her family's tradition, because her family was connected in the ministry. Uh, becomes part... She a scary monocle. She does. Um, she was part of the Wizen Gamut. Yes. Um, so, obviously an important character who's phenomenally talented and eventually, uh, because... Spoilers. Um, she is so important, uh, Voldemort does the deed himself. Yep. Um, and, you know, rumor has it that she put up quite the fight. Um, which is notable that, you know, people would tell that story about her. That right. she was so prominent that it took a good effort from Voldemort to, to, uh, to, to knock her off. And then... Um, I hesitate to say the luckiest family because there's really not a luckiest. Um, but uh, the Pruitts, and, and I'll, I'll let Anna tell this one because she she likes the family a particular amount. <laughs> but I'll let I'll let her go with it. All right. Well, where I think he's leading me is the Pruitts. Yes. Gideon and Fabian. Yes. Molly Weasley's brothers. There you go. And they are both killed. And other than Molly herself, that is the end of the Pruitt line. So really, the Pruitt line is done for. The Pruitt name That's true. Yes. is done for. The male line is done. Molly lives yeah. on. Thank God. Because what would we do without her Her line? Which I'm not even going to mention because I know this is a spoilers, but it just deserves so much more than a passing mention. Um, but so obviously Molly has her wonderful family with Arthur and God bless the Weasleys. They're just wonderful. You are right. I do have a particular love for them. I, I know you're big Gideon and Fabian fans. I am. So. It's one of my favorites. And again, spoiler, but I think it's a very touching moment when Molly gives her brother's watch to Harry on his 17th birthday. And it's... Just, I think, I mean, it's such a telling moment of how much Harry has come to mean to Molly that, you know, the last of her original family that she would give a watch, which is a meaningful thing in the wizarding world, to Harry. I just, yeah, I do. 
have a special place in my heart for getting Fabian. Yeah, so, and, uh, you know, unfortunately the series goes on and uh, they aren't the only ones to fall. No. Um, but um, it, it's a nice, interesting look at Hagrid kind of retelling some of the old history. Yes. Of the war and, you know, what he has experienced and friends that he's lost. And, you know, it's, um, they're still getting over it. It's, it's yeah. a decade later and they haven't recovered. How could you? It's, um, you know, it's... it's I mean, it was, what, tough. an 11 year war was the first Wizarding World, something I think. Something like that. It started in like the early 80s or something like that, yeah. Well, the 80s <laughs> timeline. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, um, I mean, how do you recover from the loss of that many people who are close to you? I mean, it, if we're comparing this to the real world, uh, it's a lot like World War One and World War Two. Yes. It's... Um, death and devastation reign and people are like that can never happen again because that was insane and then not very long after you go for round two and it's just like the people that survived from round one are just like you don't know what that was like well especially because you know world war one and world war two yes obviously but in the Wizarding Anna World, likes her history, by the same way. Same person I do, particularly the World Wars, which make me sound really awful, but... You're just a history nerd as well yes, as a Harry I Potter am. nerd. That's okay. And a Harry Potter nerdness, the fact that both horrible wars come from the same man, mm. like, yeah. I think it's that added extra fear that it's like you know exactly what it's going to be like in the second wizarding world because you thought Voldemort was gone well some people thought he was gone and then he's back and he's powerful and he's starting it all over again and is he defeatable you thought you defeated him you thought Harry yeah. defeated him but he's back and now he's upset because he lost the first one yeah so if you thought he was mean and vicious and awful the first time now he's coming back with an attitude Yikes, spikes so, uh, before we wrap this episode up, time. this is the trivia question that I have Bring it on. for Anna. Okay. So, and I was kind of researching, doing some background, just looking up some Harry Potter stuff, because, you know, I don't right. do that regularly, because I'm not a nerd. Uh, but I landed on something that I thought was interesting. Um, it is something that's not book canon. So there is that. So I'm not holding... I know. I'm not holding you to the highest standard. But um, it is something that you might be able to get anyway. I I can give you a pretty good shot at it. So it has to do with a little bit of the McKinnons and the Bones and the Pruitts. All right. In older families. Okay. So there was something that was mentioned in the Wizarding World, which was formerly Pottermore. Um, So... If you're not familiar, J.K. Rowling has posted some short stories or some paragraphs or some whatever background information on the books. A lot of things that she wrote but couldn't fit into the series. Her personal notes, her yeah. personal, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, one of those things uh, is called The Sacred 28. Are you familiar? I'm not. Okay. I feel like such a bad fan. Oh, you're not. This is fine. Uh, the Sacred 28 was supposedly a book written in the 20s or 30s by an anonymous author. And what the book was about was the sacred pure blood families that are still truly pure blood in the 1930s. 
So the sacred pure blood families still pure blood in the 1930s. There's 28 of them. Why are we talking about this? We don't care about pure blood, half blood, Moorn. For the record, there are some on here that you should have no idea what they are because they're never mentioned anywhere other than this. So I don't put those on you at all in any way, shape, or form. But there are some that um, are very gettable. And I can give you a hint at some point if you're starting to slow down or get stuck. We're talking about 20s, 30s. They're still pure blood. The 20s or 30s. All right. Truly pure blood. Malfoy. Malfoy is one of them, yes. Dumbledore. No. What? Dumbledore is not one of them. Stop. Interesting. All Mm -hmm. right. Um, Potter. This is the one I was waiting for you to say. No. Stop. What? I have an answer for that, but finish this, and I have an answer for the Potter one. Black. Black is one, yes. Lestrange. Yep. Mm. You're on the right track. Keep th- keep thinking that line. That that genre of family. Well, right. Alright. <laughs> um uh, Crouch. Yep. Alright. Um I know. I'm sorry. I'm not going to come up with 28 names right now. You've already, you've really threw me off and you said no to Potter. I was waiting for you to say it and I'm like, she's going to say it. Well, because everybody talks about how James is a pure blood. Yep, yep, yep. I know. I have the answer for it too. All right. Um, Bones was a pure blood family, weren't they? No. Bull Pruitt and Weasley. Because they're blood trainers. Uh, Weasley is one, and Pruitt is one, yes. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to feel kind of bad making everybody listen to me sit here and think, because you know I would make you sit here and think for like an hour while I come up with all 28. Well, you're not coming up with all 28. There's no way. But you got six right now. Is McGonagall up your blood? I don't even know. Nope. Okay. There's a whole bunch of Slytherins and Death Eaters on this list. Just so think of some Crab, Goyle, no. Zabini. No. Zabini, no. No. Interesting. Um, oh, what was Malfoy's um wife's name? Greengrass? Yes. Very good pull. Very good pull. Very impressive. How many of you guys going through this list in your head got green grass? I'd love to know. Pull that one out. Don't be too jealous. Very impressed on that one. Um, I don't know, maybe Parkinson, Bolstrad. Parkinson and Bolstrad. Both, that's 10. Flint. Flint's another one, that's Flint-Hague. 11. Warrington. None of those, neither of those two. McNair. Nope. Avery. Avery's one. Oh, you love Dolohov. Is Dolohov on there? No, I do. He's a great character, but no. Mm, is he? I don't know. I think I might have exhausted my name of Slytherins. Uh, you haven't exhausted your list of Death Eaters, though. There's a couple of prominent ones. Is it Crouch? Um, I said Lestrange. Thickness? Nope. It's not actually a Death Eater. He's not a Death Eater. Um... Yaxley? Did I say Yaxley's Yaxley? one. Okay. Brookwood? No, close though. There's another. Is Karkaroff a pure blood? Mm-mm. Grindelwald? Nope. 
all uh, although you're kind of close on that one. Grigorovich. Closer. Oliver. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can follow that train of thought. <laughs> Oh, there's got? two Hufflepuffs in there too. Hufflepuffs. There's two Hufflepuffs. Skimander. No. Diggory. No. No, no, he's Muggleborn. Hufflepuff. She doesn't like Hufflepuff, so I loved the fact that I was able to slip in this. Yeah, I feel like you did that on purpose. Yep. Smith, have the best Smith. No. Ugh. <laughs> Hufflepuff's cup, for those that didn't get that reference. <laughs> but if you got Greengrass, you probably got that reference, because that was a deep dive on that one. All about the deep dives. Come on now. Who are the Hufflepuffs? Abbott. Oh, duh. And a very vocal one who makes his presence known. Oh, what's Ernie's name? Yep. <laughs> Ernie McMillan. There I didn't it is. He was a pureblood. All right. Uh, we still got uh, a couple more Slytherins. We got a couple more Death Eaters, and we got one. How many have I gotten? You got fifteen. All right. I feel like that's You're respectable. You're over halfway. There's still one Gryffindor that you haven't named. She is a Gryffindor, so she better get this. Of course, I'm a Gryffindor. In uh, Harry's year. Oh, duh. Long bottom. There it is. Oh my goodness. How embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you calling it after that one? Yeah. Okay. That's a good one to go out on. Here's the ones that you should know that you did. Um, Burke from Borgen and Burks. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, uh, the Caros. The Death Eaters oh, and the, the. Yeah. Yep. Amicus and Amy, right? Amicus Amy, and um, Arrow. Arrow. That's it. So the Caros. Um, Gaunt. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that's embarrassing. No, that, that was a big one. Uh, not, um, who was yeah, both in yeah, his year as a Slytherin and then a Death Eater, yeah. yeah. Um, two Death Eater, or a couple of Death Eaters that you missed. Uh, Rosier, who Karkaroff oh, mentions. yeah. Uh, then, dead when Harry's coming up, but was yeah. a big Death Eater. Raoul, who's basically oh, yeah, a massive, a big, big yeah. massive screw-up, but yeah, he's one. Selwyn? I know, yeah, yeah. Um, Slughorn? I don't like Horace. But He's yeah, fine. I should fine. know him. Uh, Travers? Yeah. Um, and then one other one that you should know that you can go with Shacklebolt. Kingsley. I don't know that I actually realized that Kingsley was a pureblood. Mm -hmm. He's just Kingsley. Just Kingsley, who's one of my favorite characters. Oh, because I he's love him. Wonderful. Uh, the names that you have no idea and shouldn't know: uh, Folly, um, never mentioned. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Shafik. Uh, Shafik. S H A F I Q. Yep. Nope. Yep, don't know nope. that one. Never had that one either. So that was good. You got what? Fifteen. Probably. I think we got 16 with Longbottom. 16 with Longbottom. Yeah, you're probably right. 16. So, not bad. Not a bad effort. You got Greengrass, which is a great <laughs> poll. I think that's a highlight of this trivia for you. Thank you. Uh, again, let us know if any of you got Greengrass on that. Um, 
But, yeah, if you want us to do more trivia on these recordings, <laughs> I promise they're a little bit more fun if we pull out a Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit or something like that. We may um, get a little competitive. We might get competitive, because um, we always do. Um, but, yeah, so unless you have something else, I think that should wrap us up. No, I think that's good way to end. Big episode, because uh, it was a big chapter. So um, let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can reach out to us at... Hogwarts a pod on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Daniel underscore Allen 44. Mine is at AC underscore Solger. And we are going to tackle chapter five next week. So come on and join us for that. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.